0: one that I've seen her change is a realistic assessment of what a yes in that situation would cost. So an example would be, you know, I have this one day trip, so it's going to require this one day. Can we fit this into our lives? Well, she used to say that, but now she says, well, it will require the day before I'll have to do a series of uh calls and preparation for this thing and then because it's a west coast thing i'm going to be a little bit jet lag coming back so the next thing you know oh so it's a three day commitment cool wonderful but we used to say it's just a one day thing and then i would plan something the day before and after and then we'd both be frustrated
1: Okay, let's do this. This is Jeff. and I'm Andre. Are you ready? I'm ready. Love or work. Is anyone listening? No, don't put that on the air.
2: These two people are really, really
1: funny. This one made me cry.
2: World Series champion. Around the entire world. NBA All-Star. We hope you love this interview as much as we did. Love or work. Welcome to the love work podcast. This is Jeff
1: and I'm Andre.
2: Thanks for being on this journey with us. And today 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 we have such a great podcast ahead of you. But before we introduce it, (gasps) what I want to take one second. I just want to take one second and say thank you to all of our listeners.
1: Oh, yes,
2: we are so thankful that you are on this journey with us. Some of you may be listening for the first time. Some of you may be listening for the last time. I'm just kidding. Hopefully not. But I, we wouldn't be doing this if there wasn't people listening with us. And if you are listening with us, I want to just ask you to help us in one small way. Two. Subscribe, two ways? Number one. Subscribe to that podcast. And to number this podcast. two,
1: leave a review. That's how you feel about it.
2: Yes. That Leave a helpful. review and subscribe. If you do those two things, it would be really helpful to us. Let's get right into it. We have an incredible, 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 incredible... I said it four times, three times? I don't
1: know. You've got to stop. Okay, well, so today is Aaron and Shauna Nequist. And they have both written many books, but Shauna has written Bread and Wine and also Present Over Perfect. And Aaron has recently put out a book called The Eternal Current.
2: He also has some incredible music that you can find yes. all over the internet. Yeah, So
1: follow them and look their stuff up and read their books. They are really amazing people. New
2: New Yorkers. Yes. They are new New Yorkers recently moved there. Um, it's so great to spend time with them and learn from them and... Um, And I want you to kind of listen for a couple things that I heard. Yes. The first thing I want to say is we got to hear their Oprah story. Yes. I mean, who doesn't want to hear an Oprah story? We got to hear it. And theirs is really good. Secondly, uh, they're going to talk to us a little bit about going to bed when guests are still at their place. (laughs) The introvert. And
1: lastly, the triple date. I love it. That's a really good one. All right, everybody. So this is Aaron and Shauna Nequist.
0: Shauna and I began on staff our first jobs after college on the same day, um, working at a church in the high school ministry. So we finished college, did one last summer, started our first like real jobs, and I noticed her right away. But she avoided me for about a year. Um, And I still want to know why. Actually, I don't want to know why. Don't. Don't. It'll hurt my feelings. Yeah, that's right. But pretty early, I invited her on our first date. And I thought, this girl's really cute. She's super smart. Every time she speaks up in a meeting, I'm like, whoa, she has something to say. Okay, so I invite her. So this uh, Saturday, let's go to the city. We live near Chicago. And I have this whole day. So Friday, I say, so are you ready for tomorrow? We're going to do this whole plan. She goes, yeah, I'm really excited. Plus, I invited Brian. Oh, another guy. three of us (laughs) went on our first date, which was a message loud and clear to me.
1: Okay, but wait, who was Brian? Like a friend or (laughs) like another potential?
3: uh, Both, definitely (laughs) both. (laughs) And we all worked together. And in my defense, I will say, let, let me be clear. It's not like Aaron said to me like, Hey, I want to take you on a date in a romantic way. We were right. colleagues and we're just chatting and true. he literally made it sound like I have some things I have to pick up in the city. You have some things. Oh, we have to no. This is basically carpooling. Yeah. This yeah, We're carpooling. just doing some tasks. We both need no. to go. It'd be better for the environment <laughs> if we shared a car. No. So I did not know. <laughs> I did not know that this was a date. I thought, like, he's fine. I don't know him super well. I'll ride in a car with him. Um, and wouldn't it also be fun if I brought our colleague, who I have, like, kind of a little crush on, just, yep. you know, to yep. get fun. Yep.
1: yep.
2: Wow. Okay, so it started there.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was the beginning.
1: <laughs> and then did you, during this unknown date uh, with two men, did you then, like... You know, be like, oh, actually no, I actually like Aaron Moore. Or like or, or how or how'd this play out? We had no, we
3: had, the three of us cool. had a lovely day together. <laughs> uh, and then like six months later, we're getting to be closer and closer friends. The other thing is I think I thought we weren't allowed to date, like because we worked together. So I think I just like I just thought you can't do that, but we were friends. And I and so about six months later, we're friends, and I definitely liked him. But we're like playing it really cool because we're friends, um, because we work together. And Aaron's a pianist, and um, you know, we were like twenty-something when all of our friends were getting married. And so he was complaining. He was at my house. We were making dinner together, totally as friends. <laughs> and he says, "Oh, I have to uh, play at a wedding tomorrow. I hate weddings." And I'm like, "How could you hate weddings? There's dancing. There's cake. What's not to like? Like this, a, I love weddings." And, and then I'm like, wait a minute, do you go alone? And he's like, I play the piano at every single one of my friends' weddings and I go alone and I sit alone and it's terrible. I'm like, well, that's understandable that it's terrible. Do you know what you should do? You should definitely bring a date. And of course, I mean me. Of course, I do. <laughs> I'm basically like, volunteer, you should bring a date whose name is me. Yeah. Um, you and your the other guy
2: that I'm you about. and I did it before. <laughs>
3: I see him on Monday at work, and I'm like, "How was the wedding?" He's like, "Great! I took your advice, and I brought so and so."
0: Oh, girl oh we played uh-huh. your game back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you gave me good advice, yeah, and so I took wow. it. So we had you guys so just
3: like, like each
0: other a little bit,
3: and missing, then it missing. took a, about another <clears throat> six months. Yep. and then we started. Dating. Our
0: boss sent us on it. Was it a five day? a five-day trip to Southern California to interview a number of prospective uh, hires. And then that, that was it. I mean, five days in Southern California driving around just... And that was where it happened. So,
3: But I will say part of the reason he sent the two of us was because he said, Shauna, you need to go interview these people. And you need to take someone from our team with you. And I, knew, I wasn't going to say Aaron because it'd be like so obvious. Because at this point, I really you know, liked him. I couldn't be like, oh, should I bring Aaron? So I'm like, oh, I, don't know, I could bring Heather. And he was like, no, you always agree with Heather. You guys will pick the same people. And they say, I said, oh, I could bring Kelly. And then he says, you should bring Aaron because you two never agree on anything (laughs) in meetings.
2: And if you don't agree
3: on any of the same people, we'll know they're the right people for our team. And so I'm like, number one, that's absolutely true about us. (laughs) Number two, okay, I'll bring Aaron. And it was like a super magical trip. But also that's a lot of our dynamic is we really love each other and also are really, really different. And it does not surprise me that even 20 years ago, people were like, you disagree in meetings hundred percent of the time. (laughs) It's very, that's a through line.
2: Yeah. How do you work through that? If that's still true today, and you probably know that you're like, I'm going to come to Aaron with this, vice versa. He's going to disagree with me. She's going to disagree with me. What is your, have you built kind of a process to work through that together?
3: I I think it's fine. You know, now that I think about it, it's just how we are. It's just, Hmm. um, we did not, ours is a marriage of opposites and it's really exciting and we really love it. I love the way Erin is. It's just Mm -hmm. totally not how I am. And so I don't expect us to agree on everything. And I think, I hope in our best moments, we do a pretty good job of understanding how different we are and what different things we need and want from life. Mm -hmm. So I almost never assume that what I want for... A given day or a given situation is what Aaron wants and vice versa. I mean, introvert, extrovert, we tend to like really different, almost everything. And that's okay. That's how we are. I would...
1: Definitely say that was probably our, a lot of our dynamic and still is today, uh, which is why we fight like nonstop. So, yeah. All right. I
2: mean, I'm usually right, but that's cool. We can just keep going. <laughs>
1: like, here we go. All right. So you both are very creative people, though. So that's a similarity, right? Sure. Yeah. First of all, it was more like musician-writer type of thing. But now, Erin, you've also written a book as well, um, Mm -hmm. which we're definitely going to talk about. But how is that, like two creatives together, you both, I'm sure, because you're opposites, do your creative process very differently. So how, how has that played out between you two in marriage and, and, and work technically? Cause that is your work.
0: Um, Yeah. I think my first response to that is that that has been a really positive similarity. Mm -hmm. Um, because when she's, you know, moving into the, you know, last month of a project, I'm like, Oh, I know exactly how that feels. You know, we may approach things pretty differently, Mm -hmm. but we both get, that thing about kind of laying your heart out there for mm. public consumption, you know, and mm. b- the vulnerabilities of that, and the process of that, mm. um, we know a little bit about kind of what it takes to have to get up on stage and share something, and how that kind of takes dog years of energy, and so that that has been one of the overlaps that I think has been a real gift. Would you say the same?
3: I think that's absolutely true. I think one of the huge advantages that so you know, every couple has to navigate how your work life affects your family life and stuff. One of the things that has been a real uh, gift for us is we do really understand each other's work lives. It's not like one of us is a professional golfer and the other one has never picked up a club. Like we, um, what an odd metaphor to choose in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the golf thing, (laughs) (laughs) But I would say we have friends where like, let's say one is a high school teacher and one works in finance. And they're just really different ways of working. And Mm -hmm. I would say we really understand each other's work lives in a Mm -hmm. way that helps us. Like I think especially when you're navigating like childcare and parenting, we both know what work travel is like. We both know kind of the adrenaline and energy side of public speaking. We both know how long rehearsals can take sometimes or how the end of a project tends to be kind of all encompassing. And so I think it helps us. It's easier to make the necessary adjustments for the challenges of the work life, because it's, it, it, they're pretty similar.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. We're
3: asking each other for the same kinds of adjustments. It's not like one of us is in an office nine to five and one of us is mm-hmm. out at all hours. We both do unusual schedules, lots of mm-hmm. travel, crazy deadlines. It makes sense to us and it helps us. Yeah. I think that's one huge advantage that's easier for us than most people.
2: When both of you guys are pursuing big dreams that you have and, and meaningful work, I mean, how, how do those coincide or are they contrasting or like, how do you guys work through? Is it, is it maybe seasons where one of you takes a season and the other one? And how do you guys work through that together?
0: Yeah, I would say that that part's been complicated mm-hmm. um, because, especially because, you know, you have to be out so many months and even years, hmm. And so it's definitely not precise. Like these six months are just you, these six months are... I, it doesn't work that way. But we've tried to, to note when things swing too far in one direction, hmm. how we can swing it back a little bit. That has been a difficult process, but one that has been, I think, wildly fruitful and, and necessary. Most of the time when Shauna is doing things, I am more excited than she is. I am cheering her on. And uh, when I note resentment starting to pop, I'm like, ooh, it's almost like that's such a good teacher. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. actually feel that way about her. Why is that popping Mm -hmm. right now? Mm -hmm. And that can lead us to to either help me realize, well, that has nothing to do with her. That's because I'm not doing the things I know I'm made to do. Mm -hmm. So that might be just teaching me about me. Or we've had seasons where the resentment pops and I'm able to, oh, I think we have swung a little in your direction and we need to swing back. But just not judging the resentment, not naming it good or bad, but just noticing and letting it kind of surface some reality.
3: And I would say a couple things with that. I would totally agree. And I, I think we have both kind of an understanding or a set of agreements for a season, and then also kind of little agreements along the way hmm. and an ongoing conversation, regardless of what we said we were going to do at the beginning. So what I mean is it can change. Yes. So we decide, let's say that these six months are going to be mostly Aaron writing. And so I need to be home more and do a little more of the child care parenting stuff. But then I also know that like Sundays, like when he was in a job where he worked on Sundays, I always bent toward him on Sundays, knowing that even before he left for church, he needed a couple hours to get ready, even. You know, he might go out with people afterwards. I was sort of absorbing in those days. But when I was traveling a lot, he was sort of absorbing on those days. And so mm-hmm. I think within, we we kind of would label a season. This is more this or more that. But then even in a given week, this is where I take the lead on parenting. And mm-hmm. this is where you do. Yeah, that's good. And a lot of times it changed along the way and we had to make mid-course adjustments. Mm-hmm. So you make a framework that where you think we're we're bending more towards my travel this season. But then halfway through, a project comes up for Aaron that's really important that we then kind of bend back for. And I think it always works best for us when we have a lot of real-time conversations. When that resentment pops up, when one of us feels overtired, when one of us feels like the balance is off, instead of saying, well, we made a plan six months ago, I'm just going to keep walking, to bring it up real-time and say, can we adjust even within this big plan has really helped us. so good.
2: Can you share a story where you learned the hard way? Yeah, one of those moments where you had to readjust. I mean, we have a hundred. Yeah, we
3: have like, <laughs> yeah, one, one million of them. Yeah.
2: This has been. Yeah, this feels the...
3: like the norm. It's making <laughs> those adjustments, really. Yeah. yeah. I like, making a plan and then adjusting along the way feels like the way we've done all
0: of it. Yeah. Um, wow. Since we're being honest on the podcast, I would say most of the adjustments have been difficult. Yeah. You know, they've rarely been, Oh, that's sweet. Let's do it. It's been more like, wait a second. What I thought we talked about such and such, you know? Yeah. And then we get down to the, Oh yeah, this is the value.
3: And I would say in our better moments, we're able to, to skip through kind of like the drama and do you love me? And do I matter? And does my vision for life matter? Or does only your, you know? Okay. So in our best moments, we're like, Hey, we love each other. We care about each other's dreams. We're having a time crunch right now mm-hmm. where I need more hours this week to get my project done. And I feel like yours has taken up all the space. Can we reshuffle? Right. Yeah. That's like the adult way to say that. Right. <laughs> A lot of times it does come out as like, well, I guess since the world is all about you, like, <laughs> hey, You know what I mean? It, 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 it's, um, it's all the, do I matter? Do you love yeah. me? Is there room for me? Yeah. Well, I guess this is why they did it this way in the 50s because blah, blah, blah. You know? <laughs> and then you like circle all the way down and you go, you know what we're talking about is six hours. We're talking about how I need six hours to get this project yeah. done. And I don't feel like it's there. And I need you to help me find it. In our best moments, we go straight to, you get we're on there. each other's yeah. team. We're building yeah. this together. We just need to make a time yeah. reshuffle. But there are times when it becomes absolutely existential. Like yeah. marriage is a sham, especially ours, because we hate <laughs> each other. You know, if we can skip that part and just talk about the schedule, that's better. Oh,
1: so many yeah. hours would be spared if we yes. could skip that part, but it just doesn't happen.
0: <laughs> yes. When every little decision or negotiation is a referendum on our entire relationship and value. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is a really bad. Yeah. It's a sign that we're not at our best. Yes. <laughs> yep. But when it's not, it's actually really fun. We can swing and adjust because we're not defending. We're not scared that, oh no, she loves that more than me or, she, you know, or mm-hmm. he loves that, you know. So, yeah. But I
3: think one of the things we've learned that's really helped us is to talk about it on the sooner side. So yeah. instead of two yeah. weeks of... Yeah tiny resentment that builds up to right. like simmering rage. Right. If that day when you started feeling forgotten or off or unseen or whatever, if if you can say like, Hey, just like a quick check-in, this is two inches tall right now, not a skyscraper tall. Yeah. Let's deal with it right now. That helps us both. Yeah. And emotions are not as high as
1: they will be yeah, when, that when yeah. it's two weeks later, you know? That's right. Yeah. Totally. So, Both of you talk a lot about community and the importance of it, and that's a big value you have. How has community impacted your marriage specifically?
3: In our best seasons, we've had a group of people that we both connect with well, like a circle of people that... He loves and I love, and we connect together around the same table or in the same space. Mm -hmm. And then when I look back at some of the seasons where we were not at our best together, he had his friends and I had my Mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. And I think it's totally okay to have separate friends. You don't have to have like, everybody needs to be a matching set. But when we're more connected and spending more time together and focusing more on our relationship, we tend to gather people around us together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when there's more distance between us, we tend to gather a little group to each side of us. And I think that's long term less helpful. Mm-hmm. So, and that doesn't mean they all have to be married couples. It can be single people, and you know, whatever um, men and women. But but the fact that we're connecting together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to go out for dinner three times in a month. I think it's better for us when you and I go out with a couple other people, as opposed to all my dinners are out with the girls. Yeah, Mm. the girl time is totally important, but it's we do better
0: when our world is a little more connected Mm -hmm. relationally. We have to have our separate friends, of course, because something Mm -hmm. really helpful can happen there. But you know, when we're at a bigger meal, and I hear Shauna say something, and then I see one of our other friends respond, like it's just it's a really uh, moving. Mm. and um enlightening experience it's like a new way to experience this person that i love mm. through the eyes of this group
1: like it's opening your eyes to the positive parts of your spouse that you might not see on a regular basis.
3: Absolutely. And I think um, one thing that we have had, we just had to learn along the way is Aaron's an introvert and I'm an extrovert. So my relational or social capacity in a given week or month is higher than his. And the way I like to gather with people is different than the way he Mm -hmm. does. And so we have to build a way of living that encompasses both. Mm -hmm. So I do more stuff socially in a given week or month than he does. And I like big groups a lot. Mm -hmm. And also I make sure that we do one-on-one stuff, just he and I, and that we gather with smaller groups because that's what he prefers as Mm -hmm. well. But I learned very early on, even in our dating relationship, like he was not going to be my plus one out 15 nights a month. Like absolutely not. That's not how he wants to live. We actually are right. When we, after we got married, probably like a month after oh, we got yeah. married, Aaron Real was some. like, I would like to talk about something. <laughs> uh, based on this last month, I like, I have some emerging questions about how often do you envision having people in our home? <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I, I feel like every other day is probably every right. Day, every day. <laughs> and Aaron was like, yeah, I'm going to get a new house. <laughs> and so we, we made a rule, really. Yep. And we talked about it, like alone time And privacy is very important to Aaron Hmm. and hosting and hospitality and having, being a person who can gather people is really important to me. And so we made a couple rules. I don't have, there's a, I mean, they're real low level. They're real basic, (laughs) but I don't throw parties without telling him ahead of time. (laughs) Which I mean, sometimes it's like I'm texting, like yeah. running up the stairs. Like, They're on their way. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Um, by the way, I know
1: that... <laughs> <laughs> you're um,
3: screaming up the stairs while you're running. Totally. Right. But then also, um, he can leave and go to bed, or just pretend to go to bed and go read a book at any point. At any it can be point. like broad daylight. Yeah. He can just like leave. He and does do not. It. He does it constantly. And
0: I do it all the time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no shame, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. Stay all night. (laughs) I'm going to bed. (laughs) Good night. And they're like, fine. Mm -hmm. So they keep going and it actually works really
3: well. I mean, he does it. He did it this week. Like we, we, yeah. And people totally know that. Like he likes to get to bed early, likes a little downtime.
0: I'm coming off as a really interesting, exciting person. This conversation, but yeah, uh, it's I'm true. coming
3: off like a muppet. I think yeah, so
2: <laughs> I think the contrast is really interesting, though. Okay, but you guys just made you made a big move, moved to New York. How long have you yeah. been there now? About a uh, year, six months, six seven months. months. Okay. So, how has that been as a couple making a big change? I mean, obviously, anyone moving to New York City, it's big, right? But this is a big shift for you guys. I'm, I'm curious what you've learned about each other in your relationship and also uh, parenting in the midst of a, a major yeah. change.
0: Well, we're still kind of in the honeymoon phase. Yeah. So you're going to get a lot of hyperbolic uh, excitement. We love it. But we love true. it every day. Yeah. We, <laughs> every day. Wow. And I think the biggest thing for Shauna and I, and then I'd love to hear your thoughts, is there really is a sense, I mean, where we were living is the exact town Shauna grew up in. In 15 minutes from the town I grew up in. Oh, so, like, okay. we had 40 years of relationships there. Mm. Both our families lived there, a lot of roots in history. And that's beautiful. That is not quickly replaced. That is a really beautiful thing. But it did mean also that it wasn't always just our little family. Mm. We were always a part of this bigger whole, which again is beautiful and is necessary. But the move here, has been such the four of us. Hmm. And we have some great friends uh, that we moved to be close to, but it's the four of us. And Hmm. honestly, it's the two of us. Mm -hmm. And this has been the last seven months have been such a, hey, we're doing this, aren't we? Mm -hmm. And I'm your main person now, right? And you're my main person now, right? And so it's been really... So the excitement of the city is bonkers. We are even I am going out I know, as an introvert here. <laughs> even me. So we're having a ball, but uh, at a deeper level, the two of us are coming together in a way that we might not have in that other environment. So
3: I would say the exact same thing. And and I would even say it's easy to, when you're living in like, we had a very much like a village mentality, my parents, his parents, siblings. I lived on, we lived on the same street as my brother we lived near some of my childhood friends and my cousins, like we were just so, there's so many layers, you know, mm-hmm. it's easy to sort of farm out parts of uh, uh, some of the tasks that you don't like to do. Right. So like Aaron doesn't love fixing stuff. So my brother would come fix stuff. Like I, if I had a project to do, maybe his mom and my, uh, his mom and my sister's in law would come over and help me with this project. Or if frankly, this is a confession, Aaron wants to process something serious. My capacity, I'm not great at it. He and I will have a long conversation and and it'll be serious. And I will feel like I am really listening and really engaging. And then at the end of that conversation, he'll say... I really hope we can connect soon about this.
2: <laughs> and you're and, like, and, we just like, connected I, for three hours, right? You're I
3: like, <laughs> connected all the way. I don't have... I, don't, I thought okay. we were done. <laughs> I went, I'm nearing the finish line of this connection. Aww. And yeah, so... And that's just a personality thing with yeah. us. And so Aaron had some really close friends that he could like go for a run with or schedule a phone call with or hang out with. And they could do that really kind of deeper level longer connecting stuff. And then we came here and we were both like, "Hey, guess what? Here we are. Either you help me with this project or it doesn't get done cuz we don't know anybody." Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stay in this conversation with you longer than I've been in the habit of staying in it because I'm your person and all of our other people are so far away. Yeah. And so it it was an invitation for us to develop some skills or sharpen some skills that, frankly, we didn't have to develop when we had so many other people who could fill in those gaps. You know, he was close to his brother. And I, you know, we got to be a hair lazy about not having to meet some of the needs that were hard for us. Mm, right? That's good. Yeah. And this forced us to say, like, everyone else here is a stranger. So either you're going to do this with me or I'm going to like have to walk outside and start like, hey, who can hang a picture, you know? Um, and it really helped us. It helped us. I think we, we, we've we taken care of each other well, both mm. in terms of like logistics and projects, but also like carrying that emotional weight for each other. Mm. It's put us in a situation where we were each other's. We keep saying, you're not just like my number one by a hair you're my number one by like a hundred. Like the next person is like that lady I saw at school twice. You know, it's pushed us to depend on each other in a new way. And I think we've, I think we've risen to it fairly well. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we would have done that in other seasons, but Mm -hmm. it's been a really, really good thing. It's
1: like the true leave and cleave right there. I
0: know. Yeah, that's right.
3: We talked a little bit
1: about like the tensions that you both are kind of different with how you do your work and how that kind of plays out. But how do you balance the demands that other people place in your lives? So like, you know, you, kind of, we, you talked about between you two together, but then there's always those outside constant requests, priorities from other people, work, whatever it is um, regarding your projects. How do you balance those things or, or do you have parameters you set? I mean, what are what's kind of how do you play that out?
3: I don't say yes to anything um, without asking, talking to Aaron about it, mostly from a scheduling standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like I think we pretty much at this point, cause we've gotten it wrong like one zillion times. Like he doesn't commit to an event or a project. And I don't commit to a trip or a speaking event I, without talking to the other person about it first. Mm-hmm. And that does two things. It's, is this something I should be doing? Is this the right fit for like, just sort of a, as the person who knows me best, who understands the work that I'm doing, is this something I should do or not? And then also the second thing, does this fit with our family life and our mm-hmm. schedule? So I would say all those outside requests, we meet together to field whether or not they're a fit for us.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: We don't love being away from our kids at the same time unless we're intentionally going away together, right? Mm-hmm. Like for if we go away for a trip, just us, that's one thing. But like if two work events come up for the same weekend, one of us is Try going to do yeah. it and one of us yeah. isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't work for them to be with other people too often. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've sort of made that a guideline. If if I've already said yes to an event, unless it's like the best thing that's ever come up, he's he's going to say no yeah. and and vice versa. Mm-hmm.
1: I.E. Oprah, Super Soul Sunday. <laughs> well, <made> that, <laughs> Shut that, up. that was kind of a big deal.
3: That was a big deal. Well, yes. <laughs> So, this is a a good good example. example. I want to hear this. Okay, so this is, it it takes a little bit. So, we always said we wanted to go to Rome. And so, for our fifth anniversary, we started booking a trip to Rome. And then I got pregnant with Henry, and I would have been like, you know, 35 weeks pregnant. And so, we canceled our trip to Rome. Five years later, we schedule for our 10th anniversary, we schedule a trip to Rome. And after five years of trying to get pregnant, I am pregnant and would have been almost full term with Mac. And so we cancel our trip to Rome.
0: You know where this is going. Oh, I know exactly. I do. Only this two
2: two <laughs> is unbelievable. <laughs> you, know, only
3: two. you know
0: where this is going.
2: How in the world could that happen? Okay, keep going.
3: We schedule a trip to Rome and... Wait, what year anniversary yeah, this is this is one It's our 15th. 15. Oh, my God. And... A producer from Super Soul Sunday calls and says, we've got this opportunity for you. It's over these three days. Are you free? And I was like, "Mm, define free.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
3: And so I I said, I don't know. I have to make a phone call. I was in California at the time. He was at home and I called him and I said, let's talk about this. And uh, together... We decided that in this situation, we've said no to a lot of different things, a lot of different opportunities, a lot of trips, whatever. This was one that we were willing to reschedule mm-hmm. and it felt right to us. And we decided to go together to yeah. the Oprah thing. And, and that was great. And so yeah. So yeah. So you yeah, oh, a, a good
2: example. You still haven't. You still no, haven't
0: been no. to Rome. Oh, no. we still
1: have not. Because 20 hasn't come up yet. Are you gonna right. wait no, till yeah. 20? <laughs>
0: Yeah. We'll not go to Rome on our 20th anniversary. Yeah, we'll have a different reason to not too. go to Rome yeah. on our 20th yeah. <laughs> You got that two great years story. to
1: plan right now yeah. for Rome. Yeah, that's
0: right.
2: Okay, so a lot of this uh, podcast, we talk a lot about work and life and that combination. And I found this quote by you, Shauna, I'd love for you to comment on. Um, you said, my impulse is always toward work, pushing, guilt, rushing. But what restores me, what allows me to interact well with my family and what allows me to get good writing done is almost always the opposite. He said, and I'm finding that when I practice things like rest, grace, peace, prayer, self-care, and slowness, the work gets done just the same. Well, just the same except less crying and less apologizing to my family, I'll take it. I thought it was great. (laughs) Uh, I'd love for you to comment that, like, or share, I mean, maybe even Aaron commented a little bit too, like, uh, this contrast that we have of, like, what it takes to get something done versus actually what we need.
3: Yeah, I would say one of the worst things I brought to our marriage and to my parenting is a, um, I grew up in a family and a church and a town that was very work focused and work made sense to me and working a lot made sense to me and giving everything you had to the work you were doing made sense to me. and taking care of yourself and your soul and being your best self in your home. Those were not necessarily things that I had valued and that I had learned how to do. And so I had to learn the hard way. And so, you know, I said those words in a season, the season that I wrote about in Present Over Perfect, where I realized um, with great regret that I was not the partner I wanted to be. And I wasn't the parent that I wanted to be. My work life was thriving, but my Family life, I wasn't there emotionally the way I wanted to be. Hmm. Um, I wanted to learn how to make those changes. And I don't do it perfectly, but I think I do it pretty differently than Mm -hmm. I used to. Hmm. And I'm thankful for the grace and the patience that Aaron and the boys gave me while I learned things I should have learned a long time ago.
0: Hmm. And I mean, I can attest to that. She's had a couple moments in her career that. You really get the sense that had she said, I'm going to set this marriage and family stuff aside and double down on the career, it could have really done. She had some really exciting opportunities and she has rearranged her life to live a different way.
1: What are like the practicalities of some of those things that you feel like, you know, I used to do this and now I am just super intentional about doing
0: this. One that I've seen her change is a realistic assessment of what a yes in that situation would cost. Mm. So an example would be, you know, I have this one day trip, so it's going to require this one day. Can we fit this into our lives? Well, she used to say that, but now she says, well, it will require the day before I'll have to do a series of uh, calls and preparation for this thing. And then because it's a West Coast thing, I'm going to be a little bit jet lag coming back. So the next thing, you know, oh, so it's a three-day commitment.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Cool.
0: Wonderful. But we used to say, it's just a one-day thing. (laughs) And then I would plan something the day before and after, and then we'd both be frustrated. So she's doing a lot better at at realistically assessing what the output would be.
3: Hmm. So... I think it'll be a constant battle for me, but I try to think about a good day or a successful day or a day well-lived more in terms of the quality of connection I have with the three people in my house, as opposed to the amount of tasks I crossed off my Mm to-do list. Mm. I very easily can become a to-do list person. I won or lost, I succeeded or failed based on the amount of things I ticked off the list. But that's such an arbitrary set of things that even got on that list anyway. Years ago, Donald Miller had this kind of life planning tool Mm -hmm. and he invited me to do this video project. It was essentially like, I'm gonna lead you through it on video. (laughs) So don't read ahead. And it was great. And so we did this video project together and he's leading me through this life planning thing. And one of the things that he shared, I'll never forget, he said, he starts every day Like mapping out what he's gonna do for the day. And he writes at the top, What are the things that if I failed to do them would mean I wasn't living according to my values for that day? So, not like what tasks do I have to get done, but what are the things that I would regret leaving undone according to my most deeply held values? So, I think he had just gotten married at the time. So, it was like connect in a meaningful way with Betsy and maybe get outside and maybe, I don't know what, uh, go take his dog for a walk. And so, I think of that now. My values tell me. That if I don't connect in a meaningful way with each of these three people, my husband and my two sons, then it wasn't, I didn't live according to my values, no matter how many things I accomplished on my to-do list. Mm -hmm. And so I really work hard to make sure that the connection is more important than the tasks.
1: Mm -hmm. That's good. That's really good. I am a to do list person. I mean, I add things on my to do list just so I can oh, check Lord. it. Like, I added an extra little thing today because my dog got sick. So I just added that in there so that I could just check it.
3: <laughs> nice. Oh, absolutely. I add um, shower right yeah, before yeah, I get yeah.
2: off. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. Like, laughs> I, like, I squeeze done. that in. That, yes.
2: That's obnoxious. Anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: He, like, it doesn't resonate. In All right. Way. So I
2: know food is a big deal. Are you both foodies? Mostly Shauna, yeah. Okay, Shauna. So you've been in New York six months. I'm sure you guys have been on a handful of dates. Where is the best place that if Andre and I were going on a date? We came to New York for the weekend, went on a date, and you're like, man, Jeff, you have to take her to this place for an incredible... Where would you recommend?
0: I mean, that's it's weird for me to comment. You are the... I I tend to be the the restaurant picker,
3: but I would say even that that's a funny way that, that we're really different as well. Yeah. Um, Like a restaurant that I would like, or a meal that I would like is almost completely different than what he would like. Aaron wants a large piece of meat on his own plate, yes, maybe so with Jeff a and I, with some rice. Aaron, and he you
2: are all- awesome. We need to hang out more often. This is great. <laughs> you and Jeff just can call together, you together any day.
3: Right. <laughs> and I want like cheese and olives and bread and everybody sharing. And and he just wants none of that. Like, like oh. give me my own large <laughs> piece don't, of protein and, and no one touch. touching my plate. Don't touch, don't touch. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And Aaron eats gluten-free and he has forever and ever. And my favorite foods are pizza and pasta. So... <laughs>
0: Um, wow.
3: Oh, opposites what? in all the way. I know. Um, we
0: went to the best Indian place. Um, we did a couple weeks birthday. ago On my birthday. What's crazy is whatever kind of food you want, Visiting. you're now walkable to one of the best versions of that food you've ever had. So wow. it's it's crazy. It's not good for the pocketbook and it is not good for the waistline. But we're Pocket enjoying book it
3: and waistline yeah. those are such like 1970s lady words. <laughs> like 50s i love but, it but, yeah but your mouse <laughs> is not gonna fit later
1: you're also walking that's the the big excuse for new york right yeah that's like what you we walk tell ourselves everywhere. that we're that's like yeah. we, we walk so
3: much yeah, yeah.
1: Our last question that we ask everybody, is it possible to stay in love, both uh, feel like you're doing meaningful work and raise a healthy family?
0: I would say yes, 100%. And partially because we've tasted moments of it and partially because we are choosing to believe and orient our lives toward that end. Mm -hmm. It is Unacceptable to just say, well, I guess we just don't get to have kids that we're in relationship with. Unacceptable, but I do think it requires making difficult choices, and so that's the thing. I, I one of my friends um, was talking to a mentor and said, you know, how come there aren't a lot of great examples of really high-level healthy leaders in like the top 100 businesses and that yes,
1: that's the whole that's the whole right. premise for this question right, because right. we're sitting here saying you we don't see I the think. examples and right. you can take the biggest leaders and all biggest right. change people in all of history right. and you don't see their families yeah. well you don't see yep. you know so yeah. That is that is the exact Absolutely. reason. Absolutely.
0: And it's concerning and this apparently this mentor told my friend he said, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's not many in those chairs, mm. but there are a truckload in the top 500 companies." Mm. And he said because those people leading those companies got to the point where they would say, "I can push this now into the top point, 0. .000%." Right. And lose my marriage or I can come home and have dinner with my family and probably won't reach that highest, you know?
1: Yeah. 1% of the population. yeah, Hmm. Yeah.
0: So what's crazy is if you're leading one of the top 500 companies in America, you're doing, I mean, you're doing big, important stuff. Right. So it's not like you have to, you know, just sell out on your dreams, but it does require, I don't, I don't buy into the fantasy of you can have everything to the furthest extent, I do think there is a cost. I just think the cost is infinitely worth paying.
3: And I had a a mentor who was super helpful for me because she's a woman who had a a writing career and a ministry career and did all kinds of interesting stuff. And her kids were probably, well, she, she, I had a baby and she was just becoming an empty nester. And she always told me, There are so many different ways of living and ways of working and ways of parenting. You just have to decide which one you're going to do in each season. Mm -hmm. Like, There's going to be a season where our kids don't live in our house anymore, but we're not in that season now, Mm -hmm. you know? And one of the questions I always ask myself, what are the things that are unique? What can only I do? Mm -hmm. I am the only mother these kids are ever going to have. I'm the only partner I hope that Aaron's ever going to have a lot of people can write books and a lot of people can speak at events and a lot of people, there's not a uniqueness to my work, in a in a unique, in a way that there is a uniqueness to my family relationships. Mm-hmm. Only I can be a great partner to Aaron. Mm-hmm. Only I can be a great mom to these kids. And so I take that very seriously. There are other people who can offer decent content and great content and way better than me content. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, there's plenty of, of people doing that. These are the irreplaceable roles for me.
0: I would also say in the seasons where I overvalued work, and that is an easy thing I can tip into. When I look back, if I'm really honest, it was rarely about passion or calling. And it was almost always about brokenness and chasing and climbing and grabbing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, especially people who are in nonprofit work or ministry work, or, you know, it's easy to say, well, this calling that's been given to me requires these sacrifices. And I say bullshit. I say it's, it's the drivenness that sacrifices our families. It's the needing to prove something to ourselves in the world that damages our marriages, not our, our callings do not damage our marriages. Our drivenness does.
2: And now it's time for the breakdown.
1: <laughs> You're adding like sing-songy right there. Break it down. They had some really great stuff.
2: You say that all the time. But
1: first of all, <laughs> can we just you, say hey, guys, Oprah? Because you I go. have the biggest Oprah love Oh man. of all I people. Couldn't, when
2: you said the Oprah thing, I didn't know that the, all, what was going to come from that moment. And it was like, oh, we have a story related to love and work and Oprah.
1: I know who would have thunk that they had you
2: because you brought it out of nowhere well
1: i i know all people on oprah (laughs) whoever oprah interviews i have heard it i have literally listened to every single thing she's put out so i did know that but i didn't know that it was the (laughs) however meant the time i mean literally said no to have
2: to cancel rome come on that was so funny the lead up and let's be honest of all the people that would call that <laughs> you'd be willing to change change rome did like change a trip to the other side of the world on an anniversary who who I would,
1: would 100% who do else it. is
2: on your list Oprah
1: um, Michelle
2: Obama for sure <laughs> yes
1: and red table talk
2: oh really yep you would cancel our anniversary trip to rome for red table talk
1: yes i love them wow Those are my three.
2: You didn't even say Beyonce.
1: Well, Beyonce. (laughs) I don't even think she'd call. I mean, she doesn't call. Listen, we're just putting it. We're, We're getting real here in the breakdown.
2: That was a great story. Anyway, that was fun.
1: So this is the thing. I really liked how they talked about noting resentment. And when they first started talking about it, it felt so polished. It felt so very kindly, nice. Like we note the resentment. We don't judge it. We note it, and then we bring it up to the other person. they were and just in warming up. Mind, they were warming up. I'm thinking, uh, let's talk about real life. And then they did go they did. there, they and did. they did bring it up about just like all the you know stuff you have to go
2: through well, to get
1: to the root of and
2: it. And what I think Aaron was talking about in it was that. It, and and I, and I liked how he said it because it was calm. When you can note it early on, right? And, he, and this is what he's realizing: like I started to feel a little, a little note of resentment. Not like he's mad yes. or pissed off at her yes. for something. And I
1: think that was the key in it, yeah. Because like
2: at that time, you can be calm, And yeah. You can like, what did I just feel? What just happened? There's something here, and I and I need to talk to my partner about it.
1: Yeah, I yeah. It's
2: like that's and the time to do it.
1: it about it on the sooner side is what they said, which is
2: really, really good. Um, I liked uh, Shauna's uh, perspective on the question she asked herself. When there's opportunities that kind of come at them, what can only I do? What can yeah. only I do? And she was like, there's a lot of things that a bunch of people can do. Some people could do it better than me. I could do that. But like, what is something that only I can do? I think that's a really powerful question and right. something to keep in our repertoire in life.
1: Right, which leads to like when she was talking about if she looks then at what a successful day is, right? Mm. Because she started, she's changed it then, right? So she said she's put as the connection with her three people and her life as more important than the checks on Mm -hmm. her to do list. And just qualifying that as that is success. If I've really connected with each person. Which is unique to only what she can do, you know? Yeah, only what she can do. Yeah.
2: And then the closing that Aaron gave us, both of them had really good thoughts, but I thought his closing thoughts, I was just like, wow, he's so right. For us to get to some kind of pinnacle in our career at the highest, highest level, you can't fully do that without neglecting someone.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and sacri- I don't know if those are all the words he used. Yeah. one, like sacrificing a major part.
2: Yeah. And there's something that he's like, but you can get, you know, you can do a lot and still make a dramatic impact on so many different things. And he's like, but, but you have to be realistic in, in what mm-hmm. you're giving up to try to succeed mm-hmm. in that level.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even just talking about, the, when he said something about in the seasons when he overvalued work like it wasn't because the work was so important hmm. and that's like the lie that we believe that's I think right. so the lie that we believe is the work is so important and that that's why we have to put this as top priority yeah. yeah when he was saying it's really actually more about your own brokenness, your own things that aren't right necessarily. So your, your drivenness or proving yourself or your own weaknesses in some way, like there's something more, there's something deeper within that. Um, and I thought that was interesting. I don't, I still have to like ponder on that for yeah, a while. process it a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: There's also this moment where we talked about at the end of the day, like if you're for each other's mission and purpose in life, you start, and and those two missions start to contrast. You get so into it on a daily basis. And then all of a sudden, if you can step back a little bit and go, really, what my partner's asking for is they just need like six hours. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's happened a lot to us. Oh, yeah. But we can't, when you're in it, you can't see it. And it's, it's like, hard. Yeah. It, but really, at the end of the day, it's like, Andre just needs like six hours to get this thing done. Like, if yeah. I actually thought in that moment, if I could have the ability to stop and to, to ponder that and think about it, then we can help each other. We really can help each other make that happen. Usually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in a sense it's the realistic assessment, right. Of like what she was saying, the realistic assessment of what a yes means. Also, You know, that's right. When that shift
2: in her thinking she was sharing. Yeah. Right.
1: So it's like, you have to just, instead of just saying like, yeah, it'll only take like two hours. Realistically, if you're going to go give a talk, that's you're going to be gone for two hours. Realistically, it, well, you have to prep for it. We yep, have the to, night before. We have to add your prep the night before, so you need extra time for that. We have to add recovery because you give everything out and then you're exhausted. Like you really do need to like remember all those other things so that it can like build in the proper amounts of support and family time and all of that.
2: I agree. I want to stop and just think, thank them for a minute. They're busy people. They have big, she, she's working on a deadline right now. She said she's way behind. She shared that with us. And sometimes I think it's worth us stopping and acknowledging these people that give us time and energy, like they really value what we're doing and value all of you people listening um, enough that they would be willing to share their marriage, which is personal
1: Mm-hmm. and
2: these hard stories and things they've wrestled with so that you can learn from it and, yeah. and that we and can, we learn, can learn, learn from it. it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's pretty cool they gave us that time today.
1: Yeah, it was worth it. Worth it. They were amazing. So thank you, Aaron and Shauna niequist, And definitely check out their books. Go buy all their Follow books. Follow them online and you will be better for it.
2: All right, that's another episode of Love or Work. If you loved today's love or work episode please follow us on instagram Instagram instagram.com forward slash love or work we're there every day if you have any questions for us reach out to us send us a direct message we respond to all of them we hope you're good bye
3: this episode was produced by dj oak diggy for soul graffiti productions